Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Career Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Avila. Today's guest I'm so excited to introduce is Michelle Anjali, and she is a bilingual international speaker and coach who motivates and teaches strategies on how to successfully connect to career opportunities for growth and development. As a first-generation college student, she was able to get her dream job being a television producer before she even graduated, and she's worked and developed content for tons of television brands that you know, like Univision, Telemundo, ABC, NBC, CBS, Mercedes-Benz, Delta Airlines, and so on. And in 2016, she created the first all-inclusive business resource group at Mercedes-Benz to connect leaders and professionals um, to help grow and develop and just overall career success. And she continued and expanded on that. And what we talk about is her TEDx talk, where at that moment, when she was working with Mercedes-Benz and creating this new platform, she kind of had this epiphany and this realization and had to have a hard talk with herself about what was making her happy. And it wasn't really these checkboxes of success that she had been working toward for so long. And so in our conversation today, we talk about how to deal with that, how to realize and wake up one day to realize that all these things you've been working so hard toward, all the success that you have had is not maybe the idea of success that really matters to you or that makes you happy. And she goes on to give so much great advice on how to find your own path for happiness, how to figure out what makes um, success for you, what that means to you, how to network, how to grow yourself, how to find your career, just if you're in the part where you're figuring out either what you want to do or maybe you're in that crisis moment like she was where what you're doing and what you've defined as success is not making you happy anymore, please listen to this talk. It is great. It's full of information. It's full of helpful ideas, even if you're just getting started or if you're pivoting. So without further ado, please enjoy Michelle Angeli. everyone, welcome to the Career Journey Podcast, where we explore exciting careers and how to get them from the people who've lived it. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Avila. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy. So I'll start really with your TEDx talk, which congratulations, the TEDx talk is amazing and yours was fantastic. Oh, thank um, you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> But I was watching it and there was this part really at the beginning that really stuck with me. And you were talking about this moment in your life where you kind of had to have a difficult conversation with yourself and this realization that maybe things were not where you wanted them to be. And you kind of talk about this idea of checkboxes. We have all these checkboxes of what we think success is or what it should be or what it should look like, um, which most college students and young professionals, I think, can really attest to, myself included trying right now all these different checkboxes. And a quote that you said really stuck out with me was that people love to tell you that you can be anything you want, but they don't tell you that to be anything you want, to get anything you want, you really have to give everything that you have. And I'm wondering if we could just start with that kind of story, where you were in your life at that point, what checkboxes you'd already tried to check off and how you realized that that wasn't necessarily your path. 
Yeah, definitely. No, I love that. That was one of your takeaways because yeah, that was something that not only is something that I've gone through actually a couple times in my life, the whole idea of checking boxes. And so for me, this was about the third time, like I said, the third big conversation I had to have with myself because the way that, you know, society sort of drums up this successful life, right? There are certain big check boxes and they typically have been something like, you know, go to college at 18 or 21 years old, determine what you want to do for the rest of your life, which is pretty scary. Exactly. Then it's like, you know, get married, have two children, you know, and then maybe, you know, if you decide to uh, go into corporate, uh, corporate, inside the corporate world, climb the corporate ladder, right? To get up to the biggest position that you can get or the biggest title. Or if you tend to be an entrepreneur, whatever it is, make as much money, you know, be successful. You have to have all these requirements of what success is. And what ends up happening is that all of us, we're not destined destined for that same definition of success. Yeah. And sort of, I've been in that boat where, for example, you know, I'm not married and, you know, it's not that I'm against marriage, but however, you know, I've been somebody who from right from the onset that I started college, I kind of knew at that time what career I wanted to pursue, which was very competitive. It was, you know, television production. And so I focused all my energy on that. But there were moments, right, where I would get this societal pressure of like, wait, but, you know, you're not focusing on married by now. getting married, right? Yeah. And so that's where I kind of come from. Of I've always been a person where I've checked some boxes. I've been successful in my own right, but it hasn't been that traditional definition that, you know, society puts on you. And so for me, you know, I, 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 I made this mention in the TED Talk. I have failed at times where I do try to carve my own unique path. But somehow, some way, whether it's, you know, through pressures of the people around me, you know, uh, partners that I've had who've also felt the pressure of, oh, my God, we should be getting married. We should be doing this. You kind of start, you know, heading in that direction. And then three years ago, the, the big moment that I talk about was me being in my car, having checked a bunch of boxes, but not feeling fulfilled or not feeling that I was living my true purpose at the time. And so where did you go from there? Having this realization of these checkboxes aren't necessarily what's making me happy and fulfilled. How did you decide or how did you kind of pave a path to find what would fulfill you at that point? Yeah. So um, what I ended up doing, this is something that I work through a lot with people through the coaching that I do now, which is this topic of connection, right? Which is what was the the whole theme of the talk Mm -hmm. is I first started, first of all, taking a pause and taking time to connect with myself, right? And figure out, okay, well, technically all these things that you have now are things you kind of want, but what is the real issue with, with each of these things, right? I mean, particularly with my career, you know, I, you know, had switched careers three times now. I was in television production for a number of years. I pivoted because I, you know, stopped learning. It was a very hectic lifestyle and sort of made a natural pivot into marketing. And then I was in marketing. And again, I am like just a curious person. I love to learn. And so during that moment, through that self-reflection that I have, I realized, wait a second, I am a person who needs to continuously learn. And I believe every single one of us needs to do that. But for me, fulfillment comes from that continuous pursuit of learning of, I also found out through that self-discovery of like, I love helping people. That is like what I'm innately, you know, love to do, but I'm also innately good at. 
And so what I did was I went through part one of that whole uh, discovery was figuring out, okay, what are the things that really, you know, drive me? What are some of the things that I'm passionate about? And then part two, what are some of the things that I'm actually good at? And I think that that's where we sometimes get confused is matching those two to make something, you know, a perfect fit for you moving forward. Yeah. I definitely feel like people and by people, I mean me, I guess, um, tend to focus on maybe one of those more than the other. So I focus definitely on what I, what drove me, what I was passionate about, not necessarily what I was good at. And I just kind of tried to learn skills along the way. Um, Whereas my husband and other people I know kind of went the other direction and they're just like, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm going to do. So I feel like sometimes we do get a tendency to stick in one of those and not really compile the two together, like you're mentioning. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's the sweet spot, right? Because we're supposed to learn new things, right? We're not supposed to just kind of stay stuck in this, you know, I'm a big believer in what everyone calls the growth mindset that, you know, we should be continuously growing, but I think there is a sweet spot where if you are super passionate about something, there are some things that you're going to have to learn, right. To continue to grow in that space. But because you're passionate, you might be willing to withstand that, you know, sometimes difficult, you know, growth period where you're going to have to struggle to either learn something or it might take you a little while to be as successful as you want pursuing whatever that is. And that's why I always for me, it worked. And I find that for many others that I work with, that is the sweet spot is making sure that you combine the two. And I know that growing your own business is an ever evolving kind of thing, but from that moment and all of that kind of reflection, self-reflection you did, did that immediately transition you into kind of the coaching that you're doing now, or was there another stop along the way? Yeah. So this is what I say. It's interesting because I'm actually building a program now called an entrepreneurial career. And I'll I'll explain what that is, but it's just, it's a level of understanding. And I mean, I'm sure you can attest with this with social media entrepreneurship is this thing where it's become everyone and anyone is an entrepreneur these days. (laughs) And it's this thing that's been glamorized, right? I mean, I laugh sometimes pictures I see online of some, you know, people in front of private jets or, you know, with all, and that's totally not what it is. I mean, yes, you might, some people might get there, but entrepreneurship, what's that? But not everybody. (laughs) Correct. And most of us on that journey to entrepreneurship, we still have bills to pay, right? We still have a livelihood to maintain. So for me, it what happened for me during that stage was I was working for a big company at the time. And what I did was I had actually started, which was very interesting about that moment. And I think that's what's kind of shocking and stuck out to me. And that's why I did a TED talk about it was that that realization after I had that moment, that period of self-discovery afterwards was something that just actually helped me transition into the work that I was already doing, going back to that part of what you're passionate about, because I actually started this journey about helping people develop themselves professionally when I was working for Mercedes-Benz USA in 2016. Okay. And so while I was working there, I noticed that there was a, you know, a gap in communication and development. And so I built a, a business resource group that facilitated that. Fast forward a couple of years when this conversation happened in my car, like this unprompted conversation, it sort of led me to kind of further deeply go into that space. But it was something that I was already passionate about and had kind of planted a seed and had been working in it. This just kind of propelled me to move forward and actually develop something that I can actually, you know, convert into a real business. See, and I like that because it's probably that experience you already had that drove that conversation in the first place. 
Exactly. That having that experience of something that was starting to ignite, maybe that passion in you kind of brings to the forefront, wait, am I really doing what I want or is this this other direction? So I like that part of the story. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I truly believe that everything, um, that 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 is meant to be for you there are little clues because again part of that yeah. journey of discovery if people and i and i help people kind of go on this journey look back throughout your life as far as childhood as far as you can remember there are certain whether it's you know specific moments in your life events tra- uh, tragedies challenges there's all these things that sometimes can lead up to something it's just that sometimes we have a difficulty looking at what that something actually is that we can use to move forward i definitely think we're blind to those clues a lot it's like a thriller where we're so along the ride that we're not paying attention and then just like you say when you look back you're like oh they that was planted there the entire time i just didn't see it Um, yeah definitely i always tell people sometimes i mean i I, it can be a little cliche because everyone says this but it's so true (laughs) we always worry about like the destination like when are we going to get to where we is it and then we don't realize that like the journey is the part of it right right what we're going through now that is going to set us up for the future and it's a shame because most of us don't realize that until it's too late or we've already you know (laughs) gone down a certain path and that's why i love to help people kind of slow down and enjoy the process And this is where I love like your business and really just surrounding yourself with people to help you along that journey. Because I've noticed in my own life that even though I may be blind to those clues, people around me are not always blind to it. Like sometimes my mom or my husband will be like, well, why are you doing that? Like you usually like this, or I can't believe you chose that. Like I would have thought you would have chosen this. And I'm like, I had no idea. Why didn't you just tell me who I was in the first place? Um, Surrounding yourself with the right people can really help you notice those clues. Yeah, I talk a lot about in my programming, especially because I actually help a lot of young people that are kind of in college, kind of starting their career, and also people that are mid-career or later in their career trying to gain some clarity. I do this exercise with them that it's a branding exercise where I actually make them go and do exactly what you just said, sort of get feedback from the people closest to them, whether it's in their personal lives and their professional lives and kind of ask us, it's, it's about a core question. What is it? What, what, how do I provide value in your life? And it's an interesting question. Like, for example, am I the person that you come to for comfort? Am I the person that helps you solve problems? Like, what is it about me that makes you want to have this relationship with me? And it's interesting that when people get those answers, there always tends to be this common theme that surrounds itself. And so you have the answers around you. You just weren't aware of it, as you mentioned before. And you're just not asking. I love, I'm going to go home and ask that now. Yeah, just to see. <laughs> I mean, I think beyond just career, that's just a good exercise to ask in general for relationship building, but. Yeah, no, definitely. But environment, like you mentioned, is key. That's something I talk about all the time is your environment is so important. And I, and, 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 and something that, you know, resonates now, not even just personally, but also professionally is the, the need and that, that we should all have to constantly curate that environment too. That's something that I talk about. Curate your relationships, curate your friendships, right? Who do you spend the most amount of time to? Yeah. Curate the people that you listen to. That can change as you start to grow and you, you know, pivot and do different things in your life. That little core, that, that core people, some people might stay along with, for the full ride, but some people might need to change or, or will change. 
And be careful about who you pick around you as well, because there's tons of research in psychology that talks about this idea. We have social comparison. We're always comparing ourselves to people around us. And if we surround ourselves with people who are doing or being the type of person that we want to be, we tend to reach that level of self-actualization a little bit easier. We tend to be who we want to be because we're striving to be like the people around us. Whereas if we surround ourselves with people who don't want to be, or who are not the type of person we want to be, we might gravitate towards what they're doing and away from what we want. So picking those people is pretty important. Yeah, no, definitely. There's a couple of, uh, I'll give you a little bit of tidbits of what I advise people to do when they're thinking about, okay, who should I seek advice from? Because that's something, a question that I get a lot, especially right. for young professionals. Like my parents want me to do this, <laughs> but I want to do this, but I have, you know, my, my, my teacher in school is telling me I should pivot and go into this area yep. based on what they think. And I always tell people to think about one, self-discovery. Who are you? What are your values? Where is it that you want to go in life if you happen to know? Or what are some of the things that interest you? And then pick people that I say, always think about this criteria. One, people that give you feedback with, you know, love at the heart of it. Because there's a lot of people that love to give you feedback that might want to harm you, right? Or might want to, you know, have ulterior motives. Make sure that the people that you're listening to, you know, this message and their true intentions does come out of love and genuine concern for you. And then I talk about pick people who are where you want to be. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So th that's a, that's another big one. And then also thirdly to people that share your values too, people that understand you and know you and also share the same values. I think that's extremely important too, because I think that'll help you stay on the path that you're supposed to be for sure. And I love that advice. Do you have any advice for people to find those people that are where they want to be or to connect with them. I think when I'm dealing with young professionals and college students in my own career, networking tends to be their biggest either blockage or confusion point, especially now that a lot of people have been kind of at home for a while. So do you have advice on how to network and how to find and get in contact with people that are where somebody might want to be? Yes, definitely. So I um so here's a, the one thing I will say. I actually don't like the word networking because yes. it sounds so mechanical, but yes. I know that it's a word that you know it's something that you have to do, right? That's the word for it. So what I tell people is to instead of thinking of it as networking, reimagine it to connecting. Yeah. So that's the basis of my entire curriculum is how do you connect with yourself and with others? And so connecting the formal definition of connecting that I've created for my curriculum, and this is a baseline that'll help people figure out how to connect with others is connecting is an authentic attempt to learn or assist someone. So there's three main uh, parts of that definition, which is authenticity, being who you really are. Yeah. Then the two big points are learning or assisting. And so here's what I'll say. If someone is in school or a young professional and wants to connect with someone in their area, or, you know, I would say LinkedIn is a great tool, right? To look up people that you, you know, don't know might exist in your area or even all over the world, right? We can connect yeah. digitally now. Or if you know someone around you that you've maybe had contact with for, you know, whether you attended an event and met them there, whatever that is, and you want to network with them, think about two things. I say, is there something that you want to learn from them, 
right? I always think about I, when you, every month I always advise people, think about at least three people who you haven't connected with before, whom you want to connect with and think about this. Is there something that you want to learn from them? So do they, are they in a career that you're actually interested in learning more about? Are they part of a program that you want to learn something more about? Think about what is it that you want to connect with them for? And what can you learn from them? And then I always say, typically, if you're able to assist someone as well, that is so powerful. Yeah. So for example, I've used this in the past. I've been at an event where I've worked at my past jobs where a senior executive has mentioned a pro uh, a project that they're working on, right? I've had experience in managing similar projects. Well, I've gone back, sent that executive an email introducing me myself. And hey, by the way, I've had experience doing XYZ project. If you need assess, assistance or guidance or need resources, I'll be gladly to provide that for you. That is awesome. That, that executive will get back to me because I'm now offering them something of value, right? And so, yeah. so I always tell everyone, keep those two things in those three things in mind. Be yourself and think about, do you want to learn something from them or is there a way you can help them? And most of the time, Brittany, what you'll find is, that you reach out to someone. And I always say, always um, send a people a short message, whether it's on LinkedIn, an email, whatever form of communication you wanna do to send an invite, introduce yourself, who you are, and just a short message about why you'd like to connect with them. So a great example is, hey, I'm extremely interested in your line of work, or I understand that you run XYZ division at XYZ company. I'd love to learn more. And I have a couple of questions. Do you have 15 minutes to spare where I can talk to you? Most of the time that works. <laughs> and I think that's the most surprising thing for me, being kind of an introvert and a little nervous to interact. Networking took me a long time. It was really when I started reimagining it, I didn't have quite the vocabulary as you did, but noticing it was more about connection with people was really helpful for me because I didn't, I think what you're, you're getting at, or at least what I felt with the term networking was that it was, it felt like I was using people to get somewhere and I didn't like that. And so this idea of connection feels a lot less like that, obviously. Um, and it took a while and a lot of like yeses for me to actually believe that there were good people out there that were just willing to give you their time if you wanted to learn. And I am still amazed. I mean, this whole podcast is an exploration in that, that so many people want to talk and want to help. And it's hard to believe, but it really is true that you will get a lot of yeses just by those three, keeping those three things in mind that you said. Yeah, definitely. And I tell people too all the time, you might get people that might not respond to you, right? Depending, people are busy. It's understandable. But like I said, the more you put yourself out there and what's important is one, keeping those three things in mind, but also in the outreach, be direct about what your intention is, right? I find yeah. that's a lot of feedback that I get, especially too, if you're trying to connect with people that are, you know, like C-suite executives or people that, you know, have a lot going on, the clearer you are, the more concise you are about why you want to connect with them. That makes it so much easier. And it's also practice for you too. I mean, I right. tell people, I literally connect with people everywhere. I could be online at Starbucks waiting for my coffee. <laughs> I've met people there simply yeah. by asking them, you know, we, it started out the conversation about coffee and then it went to, Oh, are you from here? Oh, you just moved here. So did I. And, you know, just like right. that normal conversation can create and build connections for you naturally versus that what seems to me like a very rehearsed thing, like a networking event. 
Right. And then I want to switch gears a little bit because I want to go back to your story at the time. So we were talking about you were working still at Mercedes Benz and you were kind of going off in a different direction. What happened from there to bring you from there to now your own business, your own curriculum, everything? Yeah. So my experience there. So that's where I got the foundation for. And I said, hmm, this is something that is one, a gap and something that is really needed. So I I was at Mercedes Benz and then I got recruited to go to work for Delta Airlines. And so I actually switched companies. But when I switched companies, I started having more and more people reach out about, hey, I have questions about this questions. And that's when I actually started developing a curriculum. And it was kind of something I was doing in my spare time and helping people. And it was more of like a volunteer work. But then when I had that moment of realization of like, wait a second, like I actually want to do purposeful work. I, I, I really think that this is something that's where I took that foundation and developed it into a full-fledged curriculum. I started offering coaching programs. I started offering coaching services. And like I said, I did that as a side job on top of my full-time job. Cause that's something I want to let people know all the time. Entrepreneurship is not easy. It's not something that I was superly, you know, uh, uh, I excelled in or had all this information on, especially in coaching. I had never done coaching before. It was something completely new. And so I took the time to one, set the foundation, create a product and, you know, you know, speak with mentors, take a lot of training programs. And so I was doing that slowly and I was building this program and that's what led to the full-fledged coaching program that I have now. And how does that feel to break free and have kind of this side business that you were working on and putting so much effort into kind of work out for you and become your full-time job? Was that frightening at all? Or was it just exciting? Kind of what were you? So it's interesting because it's, it feels like a full-time job, but it's, I still do, you know, other things as well. Okay. I, I, I still work and do it, but it's, it's interesting because what I did was, and this is part of that self-exploration process is it became something that became somewhat successful because I said, like, I still have, I feel like so much more to do, but I do feel to me, my definition of success. And I said this in the Ted talk was how my life felt versus how it looks. Right. And to me, yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like I am successful because today is because I get to do something that I love. I get to help people. And it's something that I get to see tangible results, you know, for, and it's something that excites me every time I have a client call me and say, Hey, I got the job, or, you know, I was able to work through this. And now I feel more confident doing X, Y, Z. That is what's extremely exciting to me. And so, yeah, it took a little time to sort of build up that network because remember too, that's another thing that's important. I'm also a career pivoter. I started out my career in television yeah. production, then became a marketer in corporate America and then became a career coach. So that's like something that's like, those are three different jobs. Yeah. And what was that experience like transitioning all of those? Why, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you started out in television what drew you to that field? And then what kind of propelled you into these transitions aside from the last transition, since we talked about that? Yeah. So it's interesting, right? Because they're in theory, three separate jobs, Yeah. but there was a connecting, uh, a connecting thing from one to the next. So when I was in television production, 
I got approached by a former supervisor of mine in a different company that said, hey, Mercedes-Benz USA has a television production facility in their headquarters. Can you imagine that? Like I would have never guessed that a car company <laughs> have a production studio. And so I was actually hired at Mercedes-Benz to help with their production studio, which is what I was, you know, what I was yeah. used to doing. Well, as I was working there for that in 2010, 2011, everything was turning digital. And so I would work a lot with the digital marketing department. Okay. And so it came to a point where, okay, I wanted to grow because I'm, I'm one of those people that I need to consistently grow. I love exploring new things. And it was like a natural transition to go and work in digital marketing because I already had that built-in relationship. And so that happened. And that's how I sort of transitioned in there. And then while I was at Mercedes, I relocated with the company to Atlanta, Georgia. And here's when that third portion was a natural progression. <laughs> At Mercedes, I identified, yeah. hey, there's a core problem because people. I'm a talker. So people love to come to me and <laughs> vent, ask questions about things. And so yeah. when I identified that gap and started that business research group, again, that was like that natural transition into that third uh, career, third job that I had. So it was while they were all different, there was definitely like a natural progression. And I owe that to like paying attention, right? Yeah. And I love about this whole story it kind of goes back to, again, your original talk about checkboxes and how we think we have all these checkboxes. Like we think we know what we want to do or we struggle and we pretend we know what we want to do. Yeah. And we're like, okay, this is my destination. This is my endpoint. And we forget, or we don't know a lot of times I had no clue that there were other things along the journey and along the way that would shape where I would go. For so sure. for instance, in my career, I had something similar to you where it was a circumstance. I was on the road to like social psychology. I was going to be a professor. I was going to research social psychology. I had everything ready to go. And I went to go into a PhD program. And when I got there, the professor I was slated to work with ended up moving actually to Atlanta at the time and mm -hmm. left. And the program was like, well, we don't know what to do, but we'll help you out. We have oh, this brand new wow. professor that's in a completely different area. They were in developmental psychology. So almost like you, like a completely different job, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And they're like, she's willing to take you. We can do, we can figure it out later on. And so I was like, okay, well, I have no other choice. I'm already here. And I went to yeah. work with her and it changed the entire trajectory because I liked it even better. And I found something else. And so this idea of having these checkboxes is fine. We all need a plan. We all need something, but to realize that again, along that journey, finding those clues that thread behind everything and letting kind of the experience shape you in itself and letting it kind of go. Like you said, you were very open to trying new things. And I think that's huge. in today is just trying to figure out where you want to go is just to be open that sometimes it's just things happen and you figure it out as you go along. Yeah, definitely. I always tell everyone there is a lesson in everything. And so if you like take a time to just sort of not focus on the negative, I, I always love to, I help people do one thing where I say, anytime something quote unquote bad happens or something, you don't get what you want or something unexpected happens, always think about, okay, well, what is the lesson here? Or what can I now do with this? And that's really powerful because if you yeah. reframe situations in that manner, 
there is always something that you can learn, even if it's like, okay, now I know not to do that to somebody <laughs> yeah. else, or not to act that way, or whatever yeah. the case may be. But it's like a lesson that you can, I, I say, uh, put in your toolbox, right? You should be collecting a toolbox of lessons, of yeah. things. And so, yeah, taking that positive, you know, mindset a bit further and just reframing situations definitely helps you explore new things and get to perhaps a better place that you never saw coming. And learning what you shouldn't do or what you don't want to do is just as valuable as learning about the things that you should do or that you do want to do. Definitely, because you get to weed things out, right? Yeah. I mean, so in my case, for example, like I loved television production. My dream was to become a television producer. Yeah. And I got that dream, thankfully, early on in my career before I even graduated college. But it was a very tedious job that I did for a number of years in New York City. I was always on the go. There were long hours and things like that. But as time went on, I'm like, okay, I've been there and done that. I sort of reached that cap. I don't want to be like Good Morning America's producer. Like that's not something I just love the actual, you know, journey and work. And so, like I said, I had somebody, you know, recommend me to Mercedes Benz. And I'm like, oh, I can still do the work that I love, but in a much better corporate environment with better hours. But you see, it's like, you know, I was always slowly tweaking, you know, that dream. And then it eventually evolved into something, you know, different and greater, you know? Yeah. So my last question I usually ask on this podcast is pretty difficult because I'm asking you to just boil everything down. But if you had one big piece of advice for anybody starting out, whether they're still in college, early career or pivoting to a new career, what would that advice be? I would say, well, the first piece of advice would be get rid of any checkboxes. So <laughs> meaning, stop, uh, take time to not think about, you know, what, what has happened in your past, what, what, what you're supposed to be doing at the moment. Sort of, I would say, just start off with a clean slate. Think about, okay, what is it? If you happen to know that, you know, the career that you want to pivot into or the change that you want to make, start off with a clear slate and do this number one thing take time to do self-discovery, do the exercise that we mentioned before, figure out, okay, what is that unique value proposition that you have? Write down your talents, write down your experience, do like a full analyzation of who you are. And so, you know, what your experience is, what your talent is, that all equates into your unique value proposition and stick with that as you move forward. Because I find that, you know, the basis of my TED talk was the most important connection to make for success. And that definitely is with yourself. Find out, you know, what that is, what your core value proposition is, and use that moving forward. I think that always make your, make sure that it's centered around that. If you face difficulty, go back to that, right? You know, and if you, you know, want to make any changes, you have to make it with pivots. Always make sure that you take time to reconnect with that, because I think that's what's going to lead you to where you need to be. It'll help you make decisions. It'll help you overcome challenges and it'll definitely help make the journey a little bit easier for sure. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And what I like about that centering on yourself and that thread of what matters to you and what your goals are, there's so many different ways to achieve maybe that thread. And your story is a perfect example of that. You had this underlying desire to kind of help people, motivate people, talk to people, all of these things. And you could do that in multiple different jobs. You could do that as the television producer. You could do that at Mercedes-Benz. You can do that now with your coaching. And so realizing that there's so many different ways to get to that core of what you want and who you are, 
I find that to be very freeing because now, just like you're saying, I can get rid of those check boxes. I don't have to be this one thing. You know, if this thing's not working out, if I don't like it, like you kind of didn't like certain aspects of that television producing. Okay. Well, here's what I did like about it. Now I can transition to a different checkbox or a different thing that can get me that core of who I am. And it doesn't have to be just a one size fits all. I have to be this one thing. I love that. (laughs) Here's what I say. Your skills and your experience are transferable for the rest of your life. Right. So that's why I say always hone on what those are, be confident, you know, you know, perfect them, continue to, you know, make those skills better. And then, you know, that can definitely lead you in so many different directions. Again, stop checking boxes. Don't put yourself (laughs) in a box, sort of just start off with a clean slate and see where life takes you. I like it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Career Journey Podcast. Head over to our website at careerjourneypodcast.com for more information and the latest episodes. See you next time.